When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, listen to this. Do you know anything about dual sidewall design? Whisper grooves, earth diggers, or three-peak mountain certification? The Discover Rugged Trek Tire from Cooper has all of that and more. The unique dual sidewall design looks great and gives drivers the options for wear. Whisper groove technology blocks air from whistling through the tire, keeping that road noise where it belongs, outside. And if you find yourself out mudding with your friends, the earth diggers are large scoops and blocks on the side of the tire that act like cogs in a gear to help you dig in the loose dirt, sand, and mud, giving you traction on the trail. All of this has earned the Rugged Trek a three-peak certification, confidence that it has the goods to back up the looks. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the crash course pod special guest here today ben hollywood hoteling how are you ben what's going on neil doing well how are you i'm good what are we talking about today we are talking about stream song resort specifically mr doke's blue course out there uh at stream song in central florida about an hour hour and a half north or south east of tampa yes and when we say Florida, uh, it's it's hard to understate how remote Stream Song is, um, kind of out in the inland ocean. Apparently, it was an ancient ocean, and uh, there's a ton of fossils. So they kind of call it the boneyard out there in Polk County, Florida. So as you said, just straight east of Tampa, um, Stream Song was built in an old phosphate mine. Did you know that, Ben? I did know that. I did know that, and you can you can definitely tell some kind of significant land development had occurred at that place uh it looks like just massive ancient um you know not dunes but these mounds that were made of this you know very very interesting um product under there it just feels and looks a little bit different than your standard you know sand dune so um yeah did know that it was phosphate did know that it was a big mining adventure and uh the land out there is is truly truly wild yeah so a little history it's actually still owned by the mosaic corporation uh one of the largest phosphate and what's the other one potash miners slash providers in the united states uh phosphate was found in central florida in the 1890s mosaics owned the land for 50 to 60 years uh you know they mined it pretty hard uh, as you can see, um, you know, when right when you walk on property, um, it's hard to over describe, I guess, the uh, juxtaposition between the flat central 
Florida landscape with few trees with these massive artificial dunes, I guess you could call them. But I almost get this sense of like industrial naturalism because the dunes were created by these mines and they're hundreds of feet high. Um, and they feel like they've been there probably at least 20, 20 years at this point. So they almost feel like they're part of the landscape. It doesn't look like it was, you know, moved by a dozer to build a golf course. It was moved for a specific purpose to mine the land. Um, and then I think about 10, 15 years ago, Mosaic is, you know, they're, I think, legally obligated to revitalize the land. Like once you kind of strip mine something, I think you're supposed to figure out how to make it, uh, you know, useful land again. And golf has, has kind of become a, uh, a really good use case for that. We, I think we saw it up in Michigan too at, um, uh, not Boyne, was it not Boyne Highlands, but, uh, I think the mines, right? Yeah. At, at the, uh, the mines up in, uh, on the coast of Lake Michigan, I believe that was the largest revitalization project in the history of the United States. Uh, I don't think Streamsong costs quite as much, but it's turned into a, a great way for a company like Mosaic to, you know, fulfill their obligation to, you know, return the land um, to a kind of natural and, and useful um, place and also build an awesome golf course. So they brought in Tom Doak, uh, a favorite of the NLU squad, um, a lightning rod amongst the boys, and uh, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw to design the first two courses, Stream Song Blue and Stream Song Black. Uh, why do they call them Blue and Black? Or Sorry, excuse me. They brought in Tom Doak and uh, a lightning rod of the boys as we know, um, and Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw to design the first two courses at Streamsong, uh, Streamsong Blue, which is the one we're talking about. Uh, that's Doke's creation and Streamsong Red by Core and Crenshaw. Um, ben, do you know why they're called Blue and Red? Yeah, first off, uh, what a poll. Have you been uh, going back to, to landscape architecture school with industrial naturalism? That's, uh, that's a good one there. You know, I was preparing for the pod this morning, and that was kind of the, 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 the term that just came to mind. Uh, I don't know if it's an actual term in, in the scientific community, but it feels like it kind of – I was trying to figure out, like, the land doesn't feel or look artificial, but you know it's not supposed to be there. Like, I, I said to you um, – and Trom, when we were there, it, it feel I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies because you almost feel like, you know, mining, that's, that's bad, that's pollution, that's not good. Um, but then now it's, it looks beautiful, and there's been this influx of investment in the golf course and this beautiful, like, spaceship-looking resort um, that you can see from the first tee on blue. So there's, like, you can tell that, like, money has been put into this place. So it, it strikes me as, like, the perfect setting for True Detective Season 4. You know, with like yeah. big corporation, maybe some weird stuff happening in a very remote um, location in central Florida. There's no other reason you want to be there. It is hard to overstate how hot it is. I don't think there's an ozone uh, above Streamsong. I mean, no. there's no shade on the course. There's no trees, which is a factor when you play, which we'll talk about with the course. Uh, but you just kind of get this like undercurrent of like, man, well, it, it, it's it's a really interesting but really weird place and like i say that i say weird like almost in a in a complimentary way um but you just you're just like man this is a like what a um what a concept to take this land that has been just you know like stripped and and mined <laughs> for lack of a better term and just turn it into this like moonscape this crazy golf course in a place that you'd least expect to find it 
Yeah, you got to be careful there. Caddy's going to throw you into the pond on seven feet to the gator. We'll get to the gators. I mean, truly prehistoric beasts like dinosaurs. We're talking 15 to 20 foot gators. Uh, truly, like when people say, like, what comes to mind first when you think of stream song? I think of alligators. These things yeah. are just <laughs> mondo, mondo creatures um, yep. from, you know, eons ago. So, uh, but, but again, question why do why did they name it blue and red yeah so you're gonna have to check me on this but i believe that that was the either the color of the stakes or color of the routing that was used for each of the individual courses is that correct that's we'll give you a pass there color of the pens that doke and corin crenshaw used to design the courses at least that's that's the that's the legend i heard um, shout out to our caddy that we've had a couple times down there, Scott Van Campen. Uh, highly recommend uh, seeking out Scott for his services. Um, he might show up in, in the video as well. Uh, but yeah, Doak used a blue, I think blue Sharpie, and Corin Crenshaw used a red one. And there, it sounds like there was a bunch of horse trading that went on as far as holes and routing. And the one, the specific, you know, rumor or legend I heard was that the seventh hole on blue, which is a like kind of the postcard signature hole maybe of the resort um par three over massive lake with the massive alligators um tees kind of nestled at the top of you know the dune um just over from the first tee which is kind of the high point on the property and then the green is like set back into this massive um dune complex you know next to the red and blue clubhouse and so you hit this you know 180 190 yard shot over over water um, and it sounds like Doak just was like, looked at that land. It was like, I have to build this specific par three here, even though it kind of interrupts the, uh, routing with red. So, and it, and it kind of goes out of its way to, you know, you come off six into seven T and then you have to walk across this long wooden bridge to get to the green. And you're kind of just on the other side of this lake. It's the only hole over there. And then you have to walk back over the same bridge and then kind of retrace your steps to go to, um, eight T. So it's a little bit like you know, kind of interrupts the routing or the flow, but it seems like Doak was adamant that that is like, I have to have that hole. And I'm not sure like, you know, what he gave up to, uh, you know, to get that piece of land on the property. Um, but it sounds like, uh, you know, the, the architects were uh, collaborating productively. There's also another rumor that Scott told me that each architect or Doak and then Corin Crenshaw designed one hole on the other course. Yeah, I remember talking about that. So which hole do you think Core and Crenshaw designed on the blue course? Ooh. Mm. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the short par 4, 13. That's a good guess. It is not – and I'm and I'm this I'm 90% sure about this, but I believe it's number 11. Number 11. Which okay. makes sense when you see 11. It's probably the most – um subtle hole on blue yeah it's a very very you know easy going easy come easy go type par four wide fairway a little blind pop bunkers kind of scattered about in the fairway in a really wide fairway and then a very like benign looking green but then you get up there and in the three times i've played blue i've doubled that hole twice you, you get <laughs> caught in this runoff off the left and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i can't like this ball's going to roll back to my feet, you know, and you start, then you start kind of playing ping pong. Um, so it definitely has that core and Crenshaw uh, tantric vibe 
where you don't expect you're like, whoa, this this snuck up on me. Whereas the rest of blue, I think I would sum up as, you know, kind of classic dope, like big, bold, brash, in your face. He's he's, you know, right from the start, he's teeing you off at the high point of the property. You you cut you probably walk up 80 to a hundred feet up to the first tee, and you get this view, kind of expansive view out over the pretty much the whole course of blue you kind of i don't know if you can see every hole but you kind of see everything out there you don't know what's what because there's not a ton of um like uh reference points in the distance because everything's so flat and then you can see red to your left and you've got this big fairway out in front of you and and it points the whole you know is routed to the west so if you're playing in the morning the sun's coming up it's like an absolutely breathtaking view and kind of like a, a it's a really good first impression i think I would rate it as one of my favorite, probably my favorite uh, opening hole. Um, definitely in Florida. I mean, I can't think of anything else that's even close. And and I, I would put it up there with like one of the best opening holes in in golf, like kind of in the U.S. I just think it's a really good, you know, tone setter. It's not super hard. It's kind of a short par four, but there's there's trouble waiting for you, and it kind of sets the tone that this is going to be a very different round of golf than you're used to in Florida. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's so many options off that tee, like you said. It's it's that perfect length where it's, you know, perfect conditions. It's drivable, but not. It's not sitting there smacking you in the face like, hey, you know, let's try and make eagle here. Uh, but you know, then you can lay back and and you can do like I did, get a little excited, find yourself left, and you know, be in some stuff that's not so great. Be in the old phosphate area, and and um. I guess it's kind of like a waste area, but it's, it's got a little bit more vegetation than what you'd see at like Pinehurst. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then it gets hard all of a sudden. So yeah, it, it's a great hole. It's absolutely fantastic. The view is outstanding. Um, but it's also very, at least for me, it was very off putting, I think it's a, a too strong of a word, but couldn't really tell, you know, how long is this hole? Where's this ball going to land? Um, you know, what's it, what's that going to leave me? It was, it was just very, very thoughtful right off the bat. Very, very thoughtful. Also, the, the phosphate slash waste areas, um, you can find your ball in there. But, you know, the caddies will tell you, like, hey, man, you might take this club. I, I might not come in there with you. Some serious snakes down there, right? And uh, oh, yeah. I think they have some anti-venom in the pro shop, uh, and it costs a lot of money. And everyone's like, why don't we just, like, not, not do that today? Um, so there's, again, not only gators, but just wild, uh, wild creatures out there at stream song i feel like the phosphate might be like hgh for reptiles uh, <laughs> it just it, it it i think it makes things grow to to uh, uh unnatural levels uh including grass which i think the turf out at stream song is is worth calling out um i, I it's firm it's just you know it seems like the grass grows really really well down there um and I would say just front nine in general, and you can see it in the wild world of golf we did with Cam Smith and also the crash course. I, I would say that it's probably my favorite nine holes or up there with my favorite nine holes um, on any Tom Doak course that I've played. I think the front yeah. nine is super, super strong. You get front nine kind is of awesome. a, like a, a really interesting opening hole, fun par five second, uh, a difficult third, which is like, okay, hey, welcome. You know, you're kind of hitting this, weird tee shot over a lake, um, you know, awkward, awkward dog leg left with a, a tricky, you know, uphill wedge into the green. And then number four is a hole I'd call out as one of my favorites. It's a beast of a par four, I think 450 yards. Um, 
or something like that. And you, you kind of hit over this expansive waste area and the holes it's dog leg left. And then it's a severe uphill approach shot. And it's kind of got that classic doke, you know, milk carton bunkers, you know, going diagonal from, from right to left. Um, so you got to carry this big ridge line. It's probably at like 20 to 30 feet up the hill. Um, so you can't really see where it lands and, and but you can kind of, you can see it from the T like, okay, this is going to be, you know, a, a big shot. And if you hit it in that waste area, or like kind of those, uh, waste bunkers on the left, you know, the sand is very unpredictable. Um, so it's difficult to judge like that shot and how it's going to come out. And I just remember watching like Cam Smith hit it in that bunker on the left. And so did Tron. And it was like watching, this is the difference between a pro golfer and a normal golfer of like he was just able to gauge like, okay, 140. He, he just hit this unbelievable pitching wedge where he just kind of gauged the lie and the elevation and everything about the shot uh, like a pro would. Um, and it was a struggle for the amateurs, um, you know, in that video. Um, so I think that's a like a standout hole on the front nine. Yeah, really good example of what you are saying earlier where it's like, we're not in Florida anymore. It does not feel like Florida when you're hitting that approach shot. Um, I really liked three. Uh, I, I thought that that was an awesome example of like a better, I've seen that hole before and it was just a better one uh, of, you know, hitting over this, this space and almost like a little bit of a Cape and, and, you know, you can bite off as much as you'd like to chew or you can super bail out and there's a ton of space out there, but then your approach is going to be really long. Just, it, it was just a better example of a hole that I've seen a lot. And, and then, and then you're hit with four, which is just a, just a monster. It just really difficult, even with a good drive to, uh, to gauge that uphill approach. Correct. Yeah. And I think like three and four, you nailed it. It's almost like doke templates. Like, and I don't know what I would call them, but it's like, you get like nostalgia. You're like, if, the more courses you play them, like, ah, you know, I recognize like some of this from Pacific dunes or, yep you know, other stuff that I've played or at Bally Neal, it's like, I, I see, it's like the same concept with this using the massive ridge lines and then setting these like milk carton bunkers into them where it's just like really, really intimidating. Um, and then, you know, I think that like Doak's credit, the more you play it, the more it's like, you're ready to take on the challenge. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you're sparring with them. Like in the first time or two you play as courses, you get beat up and then you start to figure out like, okay, you know, I got to defend myself from this left hook. You know, I got to watch out for this. I know it's coming this time around, um, which is where I think we've been critical of some of his stuff when we played it once. And then the more you play it, the more you start to kind of realize the brilliance of it um, or the strategy of it. Uh, and I think the front nine has a ton of that. The We talked about the seventh, but the sixth hole is this awesome drivable par four, kind of, kind of blind. The green sits, it's kind of a straight hole, but the green sits down to the right over this ridge. And you can kind of just bombs away on a driver it'll trickle down onto the green. So that's just kind of a fun, um, a fun one. Number seven, again, I think that's the, the signature hole. Interesting, you know, beautiful, picturesque shot. You know, it's kind of like the round builds. I think the front line builds to that hole and the green's interesting. It's just kind of like the welcome to stream song moment. Um, I guess the first tee is that, but this is also kind of like a bit of a crescendo. Um, and then eight and nine are solid. Um, eight's, eight's very tricky center line bunker pond on the left, tough green. That's, that's just a good quality golf hole. Nine's a, think, man. yeah, nine's a weird, not weird, but like, I think a, a challenging par five, you got to hit a good tee ball again, 
milk carton bunkers on the right, and he's just goading you into the, the holes kind of dog legging right, and then it goes back left to the green, and he's just kind of goading you into taking on the bunkers on the right. And I've gotten, you know, punched in the gut a couple times trying to carry that last tip of that, you know, massive bunker built into the ridge. It looks um, so, it looks like you can carry it with ease. And then you hit your shot and you're like, oh, go, go. Yes. <laughs> go. And then and, that just, you're, then you're done. I mean, you're right. literally hitting like a greenside bunker shot out of that and you still got 350 to go. Um, and then it, and it makes a turn. So the interesting thing about both red and blue is they're kind of six hole loops. So you loop back to the clubhouse on, on red on number six and number 12. And then same thing on, on blue, you definitely loop back on six, but you don't on 12. So the halfway house is out away from the clubhouse. Um, you know, and you, you, they've got some, some great, you know, finger foods out there, good tacos. Well, they're all, each course has its own like theme, right? Yes. There's like an empanadas one. And then, you know, barbecue, has the, the tacos, which were tacos, um, were pretty good. And then you're kind of back at it, which, and, and this is like, I love the front nine. The back to me is, is tough though. It is what well, one, it's really challenging and it's, it's, I, I think like overly hard for a resort course. And, you know, I feel this way after playing it three times, I think it has to do with, you know, the course being in the middle of central Florida. So you really, really, really start to get worn out by the sun. Um, right. And that starts like you, you come into 10 and it's this kind of awkward par three. So you've just taken a break. You, you know, you got some tacos and then all of a sudden you got to hit this like seven or eight iron um, into an uncomfy green. And I just feel like it's, I feel like it's always tough to, you know, either start a round or kind of start the back nine on a par three. So it just, it's like a change up and you're just flailing at it. Um, so I don't love, I don't have a problem with the hole itself. I just like kind of like where it sits in the round um, has always gotten me started off on the wrong foot because you like at the turn, you almost have to take a break because it's so hot right. out there. Um, and you know, the Rangers are out there, they're driving around with bottles of water. I mean, it's just like operation hydrate. Like the resort is like, yo, are you drinking water? Like they're checking in like every three holes, um, because there's no shade. The worst sunburn of my life came at extreme song. The first time I went in 2014, I mean, it's, it's like you're out in the Sahara. It's crazy. Um, God, we, we were there in late February too, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was smoking hot late february in the middle of winter so yeah it was that was something else coming yes. from you know frigid cold kansas city and then getting out there and yeah the yeah. first time i went it was in may and just you know you, you th- i'm not at the beach like i'm not you know and then he, he, there's just no there's no uh safety from the from the sun it's just like a laser beam on you all day and then right. so we talked about 11 that's rumored to be the core crenshaw uh, contribution to the course um, and then it gets, it starts like the back nine, there's, it's a mix of like awkward short par fours, 12 and 13 being the example, um, where you can do a lot of trouble off the tee. 13 is a great risk reward, like reachable par four, but I almost feel like it's, it's like too, it's, I mean, I think it's too difficult. And I, and I think I, I say that in the context of this being a resort course and people like knowing what kind of golfer is going to play there. I think it's exhausting for me. Right. And I, I play a lot of golf. I get to that shot on 13 and it's like, you have to hit this 280, 270, 280 shot up to this crowned green. That's very, very narrow and crowned on both sides. There's a massive 
again, milk carton bunker on the left, a lake farther left of that, and then a very steep, severe runoff on the right. So you can bail right, but then, you know, it's not a huge landing area there. Um, and then, yeah, you can lay up, you know, to a uh, 200 yards and, but then you got this difficult, um, you know, 80 yard wedge shot kind of up the hill to a, to a green you can't see. Um, so like on one, one hand, I think that's like, that's a good concept. It's just, I feel like it's very, I feel like I've like two of the three times I played it, I felt like I hit a good shot and still like, then I'm still struggling to make bogey. Right. Even, even yeah. running off into that side area on the right, it's like, I'm still feel like I'm like, man, I, I didn't get rewarded for hitting driver here, you know? And, right. and then I've laid back and it's like, man, I like, you know, I'm, it's a resort course. I'm not going to lay up. Right. I want to, I want to hit the shot, but it's like, there's not a huge payoff for it. It's just very hard to hold this green. That's like, it's like 10 yards wide and, you know, 40 yards long. So I found that that whole to be very frustrating. I like the concept. I like the idea, but it's almost just like, it's just missing something for me. Yeah. I know Tron, <laughs> Tron had a couple things to say about that whole, uh, you know, specifically regarding the green and just being a little bit too severe. Um, but I I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things like shut up, play better, but you know, to be pin high in one and walk off with, you know, with a hard bogey, yeah, that's that's tough. And it, it wasn't necessary. Nothing specifically was like, oh, you screwed this up or you you handcuffed yourself here. It was just like it was just severe. It was just significant. Like we had a we had a front ish pin and, and putting down to that that pin was just just impossible. Like I find the greens on the front nine to be a lot more subtle and fair. I would say fair, you know, because it's like it's big, bold like landscape. And then once you get to the greens, it's like the greens aren't easy on the front, but they're, um, I don't know. It just feels like, yeah, I can, I can, you know, get it around here. And then you get to the back and everything just kind of gets turned up to another level as your energy level is like nose diving. Right. You know, you're coming off 13 green, you're walking to 14 T it's another big par five with like water, right. And then you know, like water kind of get to carry the water into the fairway you know, and then you, you get, you kind of, you got to hit a good long iron or, or five wood or three wood into this, you know, a, what's a big green, but that green slopes just like, it's crazy from back to front. Um, so you get up there and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I've got like a, you know, I'm playing a putt pin high. That's I'm playing it, you know, a, a yard right to left. You know what I mean? It's right. just like, whoa. And now it's running down the hill and I'm, you know, I'm three putting for par or whatever. So again, like not a bad hole. It's just like demoralizing. Right. And then you go, you walk off to 15 and it's, I don't know. it's just another difficult, tricky par four. 16 is a long par three that I've always struggled with. I think those two holes are, they're solid, but a little forgettable for me. And then 17 is a hole I'd love to call out because I think it is one of the most beautiful holes on the property, like all three courses. It's this, but it's this beast. It's like 600 yard par five with a great hazard. Every time I see that hole, it looks like a mirror image of number four at Beth page black, right? With the one at Beth page black is a, you know, it has the killing has like great hazard. You got to carry on the second shot. Um, but the whole kind of 
uh, fade kind of moves to the left, like right to left with the green, you know, sitting up to the left of the tee. Um, this one at stream song 17, you stand on the tee and you kind of see this great hazard that go- cuts diagonally across the fairway. at I want to say like right in the middle of like, so probably like 300, 310 out. And it's probably 50 yards long or, you know, 30 to 50 yards long. And because it, it kind of sits diagonally left to right, it just destroys bad golfers oh, yeah. because they're hitting a slice or they're hitting a fade and they can't carry it. And if you hit it in this bunker, it's just like, again, you're just kind of chipping out and you still got 200 yards left to get to the green, you know, wipey fade killer. It's the wipey fade killer, you know, and the, but the, the layout and the way it looks is it's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful golf hole. And I love the strategy of it. It's just really, really difficult and at that point in the round it's like dude come on it's like a knockout uppercut you're just like i, can't, I yeah. got nothing left man i'm dying out here yeah looks a little bit like seminal um that, that's one of the ones that i was like oh we are in florida this is this is pretty cool um but yeah no I, I totally hear you that thing's a monster you can you can find yourself in sand literally every step of the way i, I believe when we were out there tron did find himself in sand every step of the way i uh, talked himself right into it like he, he tends to do and and you know important to note Trump was playing lefty at this time yes which i think is good and i think will help the video of like you know you and i are are grinding i think i shot 80 and I, I i battled all the way to the end right and i felt like i felt like i earned that 80 but we're kind of you know playing with with the distance advantage and you know tron's just struggling to stay out of these native areas and these bunkers and and for like a you know a guy, you know, I would say trying like as a lefty, not a good golfer, um, a 18 handicap, like the, the sand is the, the way the bunkers are all like so deep. It's just, it's devastating. You know, it's just so demoralizing, like, cause he can't get any speed to get out of them. Right. Um, and that's not his fault. Right. It's just like, that's, that's a tough golf course for, uh, you know, him, to, him to play lefty, I think. So it, it right. was a good perspective for us to see that day. Yeah, I agree. I always judge these resorts on um, if I was going to go out there with my dad, would he come off thinking that, wow, that was so fun and so worth the money of traveling all the way to you know central Florida to come out here and, and do that? I'm not sure that blue passes that test. I'm just not quite sure. I think that it... Um, it's plenty wide and I'm sure if you played super conservatively that it would be just fine, but exactly what you're saying right there. I think there's a couple of eights and nines out there that will come up and, and, you know, bite you pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I look at 17 as a good example of like, so Tron hits it. Let's say Tron hits his drive, you know, 240, And then he's got to carry this bunker. He's got to hit like a 200 yard carry shot, or he can hit like a 50 yard chip shot in front of the bunker and then carry it. And right. then after Play he carries four the bunker, shot, five shot hole. he's still got to hit a 180-yard-plus shot into the green. With a right? massive bunker on the With left. With a massive bunker guarding the front left. And it's like, that's it's like, man, that just seems really, like, pointless. Of course he's going to try to carry the bunker, you know, like, and he's going to try to carry it, like, up the left side. And then he's going to have a 225-yard shot in. So it's just a little, like, I like the way it looks. I like the idea. It's just like, man, it's just – um. I don't want to sound like complaining. Oh, it's too hard, but it's just like, damn, dude. Like I'm, I'm still struggling to make sure I carry this bunker, and I'm, I'm pounding the ball, 
you know, right. I'm like, and I'm exhausted. So, you know, I'm, I'm hitting 20 less shots than Tron is that day. Right. That, that just, it feels like, especially at that point in the round, it's just a tough, uh, it's a tough finisher. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's somewhat important to note that, you know, stream song blue, I think that they hold themselves not necessarily just in that resort bucket. Um, I believe this year, 2021, the, um, the mid-am was out there or mm -hmm. amateur, some, one of the bigger tournaments out there. So, um, I think they hold themselves at a, a slightly different standard than your, your, you know, resort course. Um, but I think that just goes into, you know, putting a little bit more fuel on the fire. Like this isn't, this isn't your walk in the park. Let's go make memories type of course. It's a, it's a freaking golf course. It's a tech yeah. with, especially with just with the, the elements are, are a factor. I think that combination like that golf course in, you know, the northern part of the country is – I might feel differently, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I just right. – I feel like at all three times I've played it, I've just gotten to that hole like already exhausted and walked off that 17th green like, y'all, I'm ready to be done. And then you walk to 18, and I like unequivocally think it's the worst hole at Streamsong and all – I'm so glad all you three. That courses and like and i and i i would love ben i would love to walk you through why <laughs> well i you know i was there i saw it i think i experienced some of those uh you know, architecturally ass backwards things but please i'm all so yours. What, what you got you're standing on the 18t it's kind of an uphill tee shot you've got a steep fall off and and crappy bunkers and gunch and all that stuff to the right and then you've got kind of just native somewhat flat but like definitely don't want to go in it type of native waste area to the left and it pinches at you know like from the back teaser where we played it it pinches at about like 260 270 and then it's like oh well it you know it opens up over that ridge right it's like okay well if i can squeeze one through this corridor of about 25 yards i'm gonna get rewarded right and i'm gonna i'm gonna come down the hole. it's also a long par four so if you lay back to like that edge of that ridge line uh you could have a you know, you might, if you hit the perfect shot right to the top of the ridge, you'd have a look at the pin. Otherwise, if you, if you hit driving iron or, you know, three wood, you're going to have a blind 200 plus yard shot into, um, you know, into the green down by the clubhouse. Yeah. I think when we played, you went a little left into some native area and I remember it being a massive endeavor to try and get it. To well, I've, so I've hit it in there and I've also hit it perfectly over the ridge on the second time I played it, you know, hit a great drive, like dead straight down the middle. Like, great, that's going to be perfect. Well, you get over the ridge, and there's a freaking blind centerline bunker yep. sitting down at the bottom of this hill. So it's like, okay, cool. You asked me to take the risk and, and you know, reap the reward of having a, you know, mid-iron into this green. But instead, I end up in a bunker I didn't know was there. And it's like, yeah, the, you know, the caddy, like, told me about it. But, like, if I'm, you know, a lot of people are playing this course for the first time. I just don't like blind hazards like that. If you if you ask me to execute the shot and I do it like it, so then it's, then I'm just playing roulette. Right. So if I want, if I, because I also don't want to have a 200 plus yard blind shot into this green either. So it's like, if I lay up, I'm going to get, you know, kicked in the nuts too. Right. And, and so it's like, I think that's so stupid. And then on top of that up by the green, yeah, you can run up a long iron and, and it'll trundle down to the green off this kind of hill that comes in left to right to a pretty big green but there's just some like really like unnecessary humps and bumps into the green so like 
One time I did lay up. I hit an iron in there, and it's like, oh, great shot. That's going to roll up there. And then it stops on this, like, plateau yep. right in front of the green, which you can't see. And then there's all these little pot bunkers, too, just, you know, waiting to, like, you know, basically mug you, like, in broad daylight. It's like, well, wait a second. So you asked me to lay up. I did. And now I still have this blind trouble that I can't, like, I can't avoid. It's all just chance. Like, if I hit the target that, you know – caddy scott and i have been talking about it still might end up in one of these bunkers or it won't roll down onto the green so i think it's just really it every time i walk off that hole it leaves a bad like a sour impression a sour finish to the round because it's yep. just like man this is it, it just seems as tron would say a little mean-spirited just a little overdone where like take out the center line bunker and force me to hit an awesome drive on the 18th hole of a very difficult golf course and I'll try to do it. And if I don't hit the fairway, I deserve all the trouble that I hit into. Um, but I just hate it when it's like you execute something and there's just a bunch of blind luck involved with like you getting punished. Yeah. 100%. I, I think I got lucky and missed that bunker, but could not, could not get past the uh, little plateau on the, uh, on the green. So yeah, it, it's, it's one or the other. You're kind of, dodging dodging some jabs all the way through and if you can get through with a, a par it's brilliant which is i don't know i'd love to leave a resort golf course being like oh gosh thank you you know have a good birdie look and and finish but like i 100 and take out the resort aspect like i'd love to walk off a golf course and be like yo i hit an awesome drive and it's still a hard shot and the, the green's not easy you right. know it's just like it's like an extra bump here and an extra bunker there like, it's kind of like, I guess, the critique of Doak sometimes. It's just, it's like overdone. It's like, man, you just didn't need, you just a little bit of restraint here. Like, take out that centerline bunker, blind centerline bunker. And I'm like, cool, right? Like, then I'll deal with the humps and bumps, you know? But it's just All like, right. it's just like freaking IEDs waiting for me just to blow up my round on the last hole. I'm exhausted. You know, it, it's just like the combination of all those things is a tough, it's a tough finish on 17 and 18. Right. No, I, again, I totally agree. Highly recommend, you know, it, it's a good challenge. Like I look forward to getting back to stream song. It's not like don't ever go here. I highly recommend going, especially with the combination of the red, which is a little more subtle. I think it's a really good uh, corn Crenshaw. And then the black horse that Gil Hans did is just, you know, it's awesome. It's very, very different from the other two. Um, right. So, yeah, it's, it sounds like we've been really critical of the back and spent more time on that. But the front, as as much, you know, critique and, and question marks we have on the back, I think the front just, you know, will blow you away. It's it's truly fantastic. And and some of the back, like other than 18, it's just like, yo, man, pace yourself, play better. You know, like it's a it's a it's a real challenge. Like get yourself drink a lot of water, you know, get ready for it. Like it, it like I, I look forward to playing Stream Song Blue again. It's just, uh, yeah, my, my vibe walking off the course is always like, man, those last like five holes just beat me, like beat me up, knocked right. me out cold. And, you know, it's just like, it's tough to want to go back out and play more golf at a place where you're probably playing 36. You're like, man, right. I just got like, I just got beat up. And so I, I don't know. And, and, it, and it's like some of it's like unnecessary, like dancing on my carcass a little bit. Um, instead of just like good, clean, hard, challenging golf. Right. Yeah. 100%. I, you know, it's, it's, 
everything that you said is totally fair and just. And I think it just kind of goes back to, you know, what I think a lot of us enjoy about, you know, Corin Crenshaw or something a little bit more subtle, a little bit more, a um, little bit less like polarizing, I guess. Um, and, and there's, there's little bits and pieces just scattered throughout that golf course of things that are like, Hmm, that'll raise your eyebrow a little bit and mm-hmm. get you a little uncomfortable. And I think that, you know, even like the, the tie-ins and I, I've not played red, I've not played black blue is the only one on stream song I've seen, but I thought some of the tie-ins architecturally were, were interesting. Some of the hairy moles and like the, the slopes with the weird grasses on them and, uh, you know, the islands in the bunker, just stuff like that, where it's like, you know, it's already difficult. And then it's like, you know, we might, you might need to take a penalty stroke hitting it into the middle of a bunker, just some, yeah. some stuff like that, where it's, it's just begging the bad golfer to, uh, <laughs> to have a, a really long day. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, so yeah, what's your, what would be your lasting memory? <sighs> lasting memory. Lasting memory is that, that corner, one six seven it's just it's just so cool it's so severe it's so prehistoric it's so um raw and rugged and natural in a in a extremely unnatural way i know that sounds so stupid but that's exactly how i feel about it um you know just just truly thrilling golf holes truly thrilling golf shots um that'll just keep you coming back and i mean i i think that we all had a lot of fun and, and played him quite well. I know Tron on seven hit this ridiculous iron that kind of caught the ridge and, and came down. And that was super fun to, to see and to witness. But um, yeah, that just little, little corner of the property is, is really, really cool. And, and you know, something that I, I really looking forward to coming back and, and giving a try again. Um, but another lasting memory is like the back nine's kind of forgettable to me. And, and that's a bummer for, having built up something that was, uh, um, you know, supposed to be exceptional and, and really exciting and, and something that I'd, I'd love to, uh, you know, bring my dad to, or bring friends to and, and go see, I, I just wish that I had a better feeling, a better sensation towards, um, towards the back nine and, and the finishing at, at stream song blue, but I'm desperately looking to go and, and, you know, play red and play black cause they sound absolutely fantastic. But, uh, yeah. memory front nine is truly, truly exceptional, specifically that corner one, six, seven. Um, you know, and I just, just wish it would carry through to the, the back nine. I would echo that. I'd say the alligators are, yep. are a lasting memory. Um, and I guess not a lasting memory, but I think it's a like a recommendation for the resort. I think they should have like stream song branded sunscreen, just tubs of it everywhere, right? Like if you forget to bring sunscreen, it's like, oh, you can go to pro shop and buy some. It's like, man, that's one of those things. Like there's one thing that will leave a sour taste from a golf trip is if you come home looking like a lobster. Right. You know, like I think that like so one, bring sunscreen if you go. And two, it's like, man, that that's like they do such a good job of like getting you water and making sure you're hydrated. It's like sun protection's no laughing matter. Like let's let's get everybody lathered up before they go out. The sunscreen station at, at the top of one T. Like, hey, hey guys, like this is no joke. Make sure you make sure you get your lotion ready. Right. Uh, would be would be something else I always think about out there because I'm an idiot and I always forget to like, oh, I left my sunscreen in my room. So then I'm bumming it off somebody or I'm, I'm right. just scrambling before I go tee off. Like, 
I got to go to the pro shop and buy some. I got to do something like this. And it'd just be nice. To, and then you, you buy some and like sunscreen always goes so quick that you're like, it'd be nice to know like, okay, there's plenty here. Like I'm just going to take my time and do it right. Instead of just like cutting corners and like, then getting like little spots where I missed, I missed rubbing it in. Right. And everybody make sure respect your supers. Do not apply spray on sunscreen while standing on the turf. Go to the sand. Is that, is that bad? Yes. You're going to kill it. Really? Yes. God, I had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I see these pictures popping up on Twitter all the time of these like footprints of where people were standing and applying their sunscreen and everywhere around it's all dead. So yeah, go stand Damn. on some sand, go stand on the car path if you're going to spray stuff and, and you know, make sure it doesn't get on the turf. That you learn something new every day. Yeah. How about that? All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, that was a cathartic uh, conversation, Ben. Yeah, it was a good one, man. I, 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 I always hate leaving these feeling like we're, you know, pooping on a place but it's absolutely not the case the place is really really cool no i think it's fair and balanced you know like absolutely you got to take the good with the bad like i think the uh and and i well i welcome disagreement on these things you know which we've gotten a ton of with other you know dope commentary we've had on the loop or pacific dunes and like i for like i'm i'm i love pacific dunes and a lot of the you know guys we work with think that it's you know turned up too high but again it's like you got to know when you're playing a dope course, like you're getting into the boxing ring with it, right? You're going to go, you're going to go battle. There's just the added component of like really, really tough elements and heat and exhaustion out there in stream song blue, which is, um, which is, it's almost like, I don't know if that was taken into account when the place was designed. Like if it's designed in the right. vacuum, I think it, I feel differently about the back nine, but you know, it's not, it's kind of like that. That's the experience I've had three, three times in a row. Um, so, you know, I gotta, you gotta call it when you see it. Yep. No one, no one will ever say that you're not an honest person at I appreciate that. Um, all right, cool. Well, good stuff. And, uh, we will see everyone next on the next episode of crash course. Mm-hmm.